You're listening to Up to the Mic. If you want to learn about the struggles and triumphs of starting a business, performing for sold out arenas, or inspiring those you lead, Up to the Mic is the show for you. Throw on some headphones and get ready to listen as our host, Vinny Hale, sits down to showcase the stories of those who deserve their stories be told. From young entrepreneurs to critically acclaimed musicians and so much more, Vinny helps compile a season of interviews that inspire listeners to follow in the footsteps of his guest. Welcome to season two. Sorry for the interruption, but this podcast is brought to you by Footy International. Footy International is a forward-thinking, sustainable apparel company based in Austin, Texas, that creates socks geared for worldwide adventures. The co-founders engineered these socks from plastic bottles to optimize comfort, durability, and sustainability, all with an entirely USA-made supply chain. With specifically added technology like antimicrobial treatment and ribbed sole knitting, you can wear these everywhere you explore, every day. And socks are just a start for this company. Keep an eye out for their new product releases coming soon. Save the planet and your feet today by using code UPTOTHEMIC10 for 10% off site-wide at footyinternational.com. My next guest is a full-time musician based out of College Station, Texas. He first made a name for himself with the Texas country music scene during his time in college with songs like Glasses, New Thing, and Say That We're Through. His hometown roots shine through and his heartfelt lyrics that leave listeners wanting more. Over the past year, he's amassed a TikTok following of over 66,000 followers with personal songs and covers of everyone from Justin Timberlake to George Strait. Please welcome my next guest, Cole Whittlesey. Cole, thanks for being here, baby. Hey, Vinny. Thanks for having me, my friend. Glad <laughs> to be here. It's been a while since we've talked. Uh, for those of you listening that don't know Cole and I, we were friends in college, and he kind of took off and started chasing his dreams, unlike the rest of us that decided to roll over to corporate America and take the safe route. He's out here living it up, um, putting on shows for people, playing the music that he writes. Um, and I'm here to kind of share his story and tell you guys all about it. Um, but Cole, what, what's kind of been up since we last spoke? I probably haven't seen you in a year. I think we met up at a tailgate uh, football yeah. game last year. Since then, what you kind of been up to? Dude, I mean... You've just been trying to stay busy, stay booked up, you know, keep playing shows, keep getting in the studio, all that good stuff. It's just kind of a, a cycle. You just try to stay as busy as you can. And, uh, yeah, the past year has been great just coming out of COVID, you know, actually being able to to really do stuff. Thank goodness Texas is more, uh, you know, uh, I, I would say willing to to have shows go on. Um so that's been nice. But yeah, just trying to stay busy, man. Good. Well, I mean, I'll have to come out and check check a show out soon. I, uh, I'm up in Dallas, for those of you all that don't know already. Um, and I saw you tweeted or posted on an Instagram story or something the other day where you were hoping to come play a show in Dallas soon. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've got anything lined up yet, but I can start working on some things over here, see if we can't get you a show lined up because it would be awesome. There's a couple places right down the road. Um <laughs> where we go and like they've got live music where I think it'd be a perfect spot for you to play. And then also a uh, guy that was on the podcast last season, Joey Greer, he came mm-hmm. out and played at the rustic uh, maybe two months ago at this point. Yeah. But uh, that'd be another cool place. Might see yet. So yeah. Jo- Joey's a, he's an orange boy, isn't he? He's an orange boy. Yeah. He's a, 
I, I guess I claim him as orange. He might claim it a little more specifically as uh, Deweyville, but yeah, right there in the area for sure. Gotcha. Yeah. No, uh, I've got a handful of, of musician friends up in that area that I, uh, I'm trying to, you know, plan something. We can have a little, little show up there. But yeah, I've heard the Rustic's great. I've heard, uh, I think it's Magnolia Motor Lounge is in like Fort Worth area. Yeah, I was about to say, if you start to go a little bit, I speak specifically to the Dallas side of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you venture over to, you know, the wild side over there in Fort Worth, where the actual country music scene is, you probably <laughs> find a lot more venues to uh, be willing to come let you play. Yeah. Now, tell me, uh, the Silver Saloon is also a place I'm trying to hit up. It's in Terrell. Yeah. So that's like South Dallas. Is that even Dallas, really? Dude, you're asking the wrong person. One, I've lived here for a short amount of time, as in just now a year. And two, I'm historically bad with directions. So I I promise I know less about Dallas than you. That's that's (laughs) for sure. Well, regardless, we'll make sure you get up here uh, sometime soon. Um, But hey, let's get into a little bit more for our listeners. So the whole premise behind the podcast, for those of you that don't listen to every episode, is to tell the stories of those that deserve their stories Mm -hmm. be told. And so... For this season, I'm looking to showcase people to really share their stories that in turn kind of inspire other people to live a story-worthy life of their own. And so with Cole, um, I know you pretty well. We could sit here and chat all day, which we'll get into some more of the music stuff here soon. But for those of my listeners that that don't know you very well, maybe take us back to your time uh, growing up in College Station and what it was like. Yeah. So born and raised College Station. Um, Loved it. It's, it's a great place to grow up, I think, because it's it's just enough small town and just enough excitement of like a big town because, of, you know, A&M and, and all the college students and stuff. So growing up, there's always something going on. There was always a bunch of live music, always a bunch of, you know, baseball, football games, tailgating, all that. So love that. Um, <clears throat> growing up, you know, I... I, I I've always been somewhat musically inclined because my mom, my mom plays piano and she sings and and my sister always sang and she picked up the guitar later in life. Um, But I was mostly focused on sports growing up. So, um, you know, like middle school to high school, I was really playing football and baseball all year round. Um, And then I guess music was really put at a forefront towards the end of high school. My, my high school calendar, actually, not calendar, uh, counselor. Um, she, one of my favorite people in the world, her name is Valerie Reed. She, uh, <clears throat> I'd always go hang out in her, you know, in her room uh, in between class and stuff. And, and she basically didn't give me a choice, but enrolled me into choir my last two years of high school. Cause she knew that I liked it, but she was like, you're not going to do it. Cause you know, you're too scared, whatever. And I was like, all right, whatever. So she put me in there and I loved it. And that kind of like sparked it up again for me, you know? And then obviously once I got to college and A&M, um, like wasn't playing sports anymore, except for just, you know, having fun. And the way I really started like playing guitar was like right at the beginning of college, because I literally was like, I don't know what else to do if I'm not playing sports And I'm kind of one of those, I wouldn't say like extreme people, but like when I I was like, I have to make myself learn how to play guitar. And so I was like, I'm just going to go buy a nice guitar and, or in my head, this was nice at the time. And I was like, I'm going to buy a nice guitar 
because that will like justify me learning it because I'm like, I spent all this money. Like I have to learn it now. And so I think it was like the end of, or towards the middle of the year, my freshman year, I went and I <clears throat> bought like a $500 guitar, which is really not a nice guitar. If, um, you know, if you know anything about guitars, but at that time I was like, yeah, this is a nice, this is a nice freaking guitar. And so I went and bought a guitar. It cost 500 bucks. I would think it would be nice. But then again, I'm not someone that knows a lot about guitars. I know just (laughs) the basics I need to know to get by with like the four chords that I learned. So I have a nice guitar that was gifted to me. And I think it's still on lease. Like I need to give it back to my uncle at some point. But (laughs) I'm just trying to take good care of it without collecting too much dust for the time being. I mean, it's like there's definitely really good guitars that you can get at like a decent price, you know. But like as – the stage I'm at now, like I've seen and been around a lot more expensive guitars where I'm like, I can't believe I thought that that was, you know, a lot, but anyways, so made myself get the guitar. I took like a couple lessons starting out, um, just to kind of get the, the basics because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but then after probably like a couple months, I think of lessons, I would just hop on YouTube and like hop on, uh cowboy lyrics or uh guitar tabs and just like learn how to play chords and songs from that and so um yeah that's kind of how i started out rolling and i mean here we are i guess so so you didn't play guitar until college i didn't know that about you i thought it was something because i knew you had been in choir and that you had sang um growing up but i didn't know that the guitar came later in life that's pretty cool yeah yeah i uh (laughs) i just when I was growing up, I like, yeah, I sang and stuff and I was in like a second grade musical and stuff like that, but sports pretty much absorbed my life. And so like, I didn't have really much time to like pick up an instrument or, <clears throat> I mean, honestly, at that point, I probably didn't even want to, I was just trying to like hit balls and throw balls. And <laughs> yeah. College stations like stud, what was it like 2014 athlete, I guess. I don't know when you graduated, but football, quarterback, baseball, center fielder, <laughs> champions in both back to back, or I'm probably screwing it up, but something along those lines. It was, yeah. it was one of those things that was pretty crazy to even say. We were, uh, we had, we had some, we had some pretty good dudes around my time in high school, I would say. Yeah. But it was, yeah, that definitely absorbed my life. And then kind of once that went away, I was like, man, what what now you know so you got to college you let the hair grow out you let the beard grow out i see it's really red like way more red than i I thought it would be i know i don't know where that came from i don't know at all where that came from but i guess i'm irish at some level maybe maybe i don't know no honestly rachel uh for those of you on the podcast that are listening i have a few listeners that i don't know personally which is cool shout out to you guys um for those of you out there that don't know me personally Uh, My fiance, Rachel, makes fun of the fact that I have red on the corner of my beard and I keep like trying to push to dye it because the rest of my hair on my head is just like black as could be. So that's how it works out for me. But anyways, we're in the same boat there with the beard for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I say you let it ride out a little more, dude. (laughs) Well, I just trimmed it up yesterday. So if you're listening on Spotify, uh, you are listening to Up to the Mic's first Spotify video podcast. So we just got early access the other day. So you can actually come on and check it out that Cole and I do, in fact, have red beards. Yeah. Come watch Um, the video. Yeah, I trimmed it up yesterday. Come watch the video. (laughs) Oh, But no, okay, cool. So when you did get to college, 
that kind of leads me into the next thing. Like you obviously made the decision to go to A&M. You were from College Station. You talked about how much fun it was growing up there. But once you got to A&M, sports were over um, with the exception of, you know, intramurals and whatnot. Yeah. You picked up the guitar. What else was fun in college? I know you and I were part, you know, of an organization. We had a lot of fun together doing social events, philanthropy events, the whole nine. But like, what made your college experience memorable? Was it the people? Was it the campus? Was it, you know, just kind of run with it? Um, I mean, dude, I'm as I'm as diehard Aggie as it comes. So I'll I'll defend A and M till the death. Like I just I love I love A and M. Everything about it, you know. The people really are a huge part of it, obviously. Like, everyone you meet is just, like, <clears throat> down to earth, like, loves being in College Station, loves being an Aggie, you know? And so being a part of that was amazing and better than really what I thought it would be growing up. Like, I, I just <clears throat> loved every part of it. And then, yeah, I mean, meeting all, all of my buddies that are, you know, my close friends now in college, um, and, you know, we still hang out and talk now. Like, it's just, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I would not have wanted to be anywhere else than College Station, Texas, which I'm sure some people have never even heard of College Station. But, um, hey, we're getting up there in a, in national news, though, as of late. So it's it's going to be a it's going to be a hot a hot spot going forward. I think we'll see. Yeah. What's <laughs> your uh, being as diehard Aggie as it gets? I'll quote you there. What's your take on the Jimbo and Nick Saban, um, I guess, controversy is how I'll phrase that. Dude, I love it. I love I it. I think we're – are we buying players, Cole? I know that's a, that's a bold <laughs> statement there. Listen. I don't believe it, but that's what they're saying about us. I think – I mean, the, 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 the way I think about it is players now, it's legal. Like, you can get paid anywhere. And so you can get money anywhere. Anywhere you go, you can get money especially like the top recruits, like you can go anywhere and get a lot of money. You know, there's, there's money going around in every college you go to. So at some level, like you've got to choose a place because you like it. You like the coach, you like the players, you like the campus, something like, it's not like they're only going someplace just because they got paid money. Cause you can do that literally anywhere. You know, I think my favorite part about the, the Jimbo Nick thing though, is, uh, <clears throat> Saban kind of came out and said that at like a donor event where he's trying to like get more money so that he can like, you know, <clears throat> recruit. And, and then Jimbo fires back and, you know, Jimbo style. And like, I think it was like a week later, a couple of days later, something uh, Saban kind of starts backtracking a little bit. And he's like, Oh, well, like I shouldn't have called anyone out or like, I didn't say anything illegal was happening, but like, he knows what he's saying. Yeah, you know. we know. I mean, and especially when you put it in that context with where he was at the time, like he's yeah. there to try to get money. If he's throwing yeah. shade at us for something and not specifically like saying it out loud, he's yeah. talking about. He's the one bragging about, you know, uh, his quarterback getting like the million dollar NIL deal or whatever. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's all granted like if if there is like illegal stuff going on like it shouldn't be and you know they should crack down on it on whoever's doing it you know but i don't think jimbo would at least i hope that jimbo wouldn't be as you know pissed off and like um mad as he was if he actually you know was doing something which makes me think that you know he's he's just defending his coaches defending his players and i loved it i loved it fair enough well 
since we're already talking about your time in college and what was most memorable and talking about the Aggies and our uh, upcoming football season, while you were in college, uh, you were part of a little band that tended to play here and there. Uh, tell us about that band. And that, that was before you started music full time. So this was kind of, at least from my perspective, this was you kind of getting your feet wet on stage being a performer. Um, tell us about your time in My Chemical Bromance. Yeah. So My Chemical Bromance. Basically, for those that don't know what it is, it was kind of like this revolving door of a band that was started. I want to say it was started a couple years before I got into school there. And from what I had been told, it was kind of like more of a joke thing that they would just kind of do for like a fun party, basically. And they would get up there and just kind of like throw people together and do it. <clears throat> um. But then, like, coincidentally, whenever I got in, um, and shout out to our boy, Kevin Boone, J.B. Boone, um, he's a huge influence on my, like, early music career, just, like, really encouraging me to, to, to go after it and to do it. So I, I love that guy. Um, but whenever I got in, <clears throat> there was, like, a handful of other dudes who got in at the same time who were, like, actually really good musicians, like, weren't just, like, oh, you know, I, I've played that before or whatever. Like, Garrett Ann's played bass since he was in, like, fifth grade. Colby Clement, one of the best, like, guitar players I've ever been around. Um, could just, like, play crap after hearing it for a second and then play it perfect. And he was most humble dude about it, too, which was awesome. And then Jackson Sorrell, another dude who's freaking animal on the guitar and one of the hardest workers, too. Like, chase black drums like i could list off a ton of guys like <clears throat> it just we all happened to like be in college at the same time and um i want to say we did like four or five like my chemical romance shows in the like two-year window that we had all those guys and we I think we did a freaking really good job. Honestly, we, we got creative with it. We played everything from the killers to Chris Stapleton to Travis Scott. Like we just, it was all over the place, but you um, sold out, um, the tap, uh, played it where else? Shiner. Icon, where, I don't remember all the places, but yeah. Icon was like the first, like the very first one where yeah. we were like basically just posted up in a booth there but the place was packed because, you know, all our buddies and like um, they brought dates and friends and whatever. Um, and it just kind of evolved from there. But yeah, that, that was, that's where I learned a whole lot about like musicianship too. Cause at that point, like I wasn't playing a ton of, ton of guitar, um, at least not to the level of like the guys who were playing around me. Um, and so, yeah, that was, I mean, there's a bunch of videos and pictures elsewhere that, um, that show how much how much fun it was because that yeah that was that was that was one of my most favorite memories from college no doubt for sure <clears throat> well i know you threw out the name jb boone there uh kevin boone we'll have to have him on the podcast i need to reach out and see how he's how he's doing what he's been up to but recently uh, engaged okay well. well congrats to congrats yeah. to boone if you listen to this um yeah <laughs> but hey so how was he an influence on you kind of pursuing your own musical career and what was that defining moment or decision for you like to take that chance and say you know what i'm gonna forego 
you know, the, the degree I have in pursuing that, yeah. or not yeah. that you didn't get your degree, but forego pursuing a career in it and deciding to start out with music for a while. Yeah. He, uh, well, he was the one who like, he talked to me about like my chemical bromance, what it was. And he was like, dude, you should come out. Like I've heard, you know, you're a really good singer. And I was like, I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to, you know, dabble with it, see what it is. Like, I didn't know what it was at that point. And so he brought me to a couple practices and it was like, you know, Brett Forrester um, was playing guitar at that time with his freaking like gold leather jacket thing he always wore. Um, and Kevin was like, dude, you should just sing all these songs. And he was like, I'll just play guitar. Like you should just sing all of them. And I was like, all right, like let's do it. And so um, he was the one who was pretty much just like pushing me to like, he was like, dude, come on. Like you get on stage, like you, you're singing all these, like you're the, you're the, you're the lead guy or whatever. Um, and then like after, after college or <clears throat> I was still in college, but um, I think Kevin had just graduated like maybe a couple semesters or the semester before um, where I was really starting to like get into writing more and like doing my own stuff. Um, and we did our, we did a, a show in Austin um, that he booked up at the Mohawk, which is, I think like right off sixth street. And that was like my first like solo show sort of deal. <clears throat> and I just remember backstage at it. He was like, like after I'd went, he was just super <clears throat> uplifting. And I was like, dude, like a lot of your stuff's been like, it's, it's, it's really great. Like you really need to to dive into it and like, and do it for real. Um, and so that was just kind of like the first person that really like was in my ear about like, dude, you could do this. You could do this for real if you wanted to, like if you, you know, stuck to it and like and put the work in. So I appreciate the crap out of that guy for that, because, you know, I, I just at that point, like before that, I, I'd never really thought like, oh, like, um, you know, I, like I like doing this stuff. But like, you know, it's not like I don't know if I can you know do that for real, for real. But um, he was in my ear about it. And. Yeah, I I love the dude for that specifically and a whole lot of other reasons too. But well, you and Kevin play a little bit of different types of music. So what was kind of your inspiration or what is your inspiration for the type of country music that you play? And how'd you kind of come into being that that realm, that genre of music? Yeah. Um I mean I grew up with a probably a, a wider variety of music too. Like I was listening to a whole lot of stuff, but I obviously loved, I think everyone in Texas at some point is influenced by some sort of country music, you know? So like I grew up listening to Randy Rogers, George Strait, obviously Marty Robbins, like Joe Nichols, like you could just list off a ton of guys and um, was really introduced to the Texas scene, like towards the end of high school, you know, the, the Co-Wetzels of the world and um, Parker McCollum's and Wade Bowen's all that. Um, but I think at the root of it, and this is kind of where me and Kevin really connected to is just like, <clears throat> no matter what genre of music you're playing, like songwriting is a big, <clears throat> is a huge part of it. Like that connects every type of music after production. Yeah. It sounds different, but like the heart of it is, you know, a story a song, like, making someone feel a type of way. Um, so that was really cool getting to, getting to talk about that stuff kind of with Kevin. That was, I think what our first, like, um, I don't know, 
connection, I guess, between our two different genres would be, I guess. Well, with that telling of a story that you mentioned with writing a song or playing music, the being able to portray an idea to someone through your music, what's the writing process like for you? How do you come up with an idea for a song? Um, And is there any songs that maybe have a deeper meaning behind them or a story behind them of some sort? To the writing process and this, I don't know how it is for everyone. For me, it's like, it's random and spontaneous just as it is like scheduled, I guess. Like I could sit down, I sit down all the time and I'm like, all right, I'm going to like, I'm going to write some stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to get some work done, you know, but then some of the best like ideas I've had, I've just been like walking down the street and I think of something and I pop over to like the voice memos, you know, thank goodness we have those, by the way, I couldn't, I heard it, this is (laughs) off the rails, but I heard a crazy story. I don't even know if this is true, but I heard a crazy story about Michael Jackson. Apparently he was like leaving a show or something or like traveling back home from somewhere and thought of like a hook in his head. But at that point, like they didn't have like a handheld recording device. And so he said that like on the plane or on the bus or whatever, he was riding back. He was just like humming this melody in his head over and over and over again until he got home and could record it so that he wouldn't forget it, which is like crazy to think about because now we can just think of something like that and then pop over to voice memos and, you know, plug it in. Record it instantly. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm constantly just like writing down lyrics, like writing down things that I think of and um, constantly trying to, to play stuff on the guitar and, and piece it all together. Um, and so that's a really rewarding part is because sometimes a song takes months. Sometimes it takes 20 minutes, you know, um, but the best feeling in the world is when you like finally get something and it clicks and it just kind of like flows out of you and you know you, you got a song and it's like wow i'm glad that that was i'm glad that, that happened and it's like all right let's let's get another one you know so <clears throat> it's fun but it's i'm sure everybody's is completely different too so um yeah well as far as the music process and the way that you write your music i know you mentioned that it's sometimes like work and it's probably a little different from what most people consider work, but it is work in the essence that a lot of times we only see what's up on stage, uh, the actual performance. And even then we don't even realize how much work went into the, you know, the, the lighting, the sound, the playing of the music, the rehearsals, the whole nine, the sound checks, but the, the pre-work to all that, when you actually write your own music, it's like days and weeks and months and years of time that build up of you just kind of sitting down and having to put pen to paper or voice to voice memo and <laughs> like come up with ideas. And that's honestly one of the hardest things that I've begun to realize with the podcast is like coming up with ideas is hard. And it's yeah. good for me because I have a... um a safety net, I guess is what I like to like. I have a full-time <laughs> job and I don't do the podcast for money. I do it. Cause like, I like to talk to people. Yeah, so I don't yeah. sit there and post every single day. Like I used to about the podcast. Cause that's not really my goal anymore. I, I just, you know, when I want to interview people, I do. And when it stops being fun to me, I stop. And then I pick it up again when I'm interested. 
And uh, that's kind of like the approach that I get to take because of that. But for someone like yourself, how do you kind of inspire yourself when you're in those or do you ever get in a zone where you're just kind of like a little upset about like, you know, wow, I don't really want to work today or, you know, I don't have a set schedule or meeting I have to go to. How do you kind of like motivate yourself to to sit there, write some music, <clears throat> play some music the whole nine? Yeah, well, I think the main thing is, and this is with anything, you know, is like consistency and like not not staying on the highs too long and not staying on the lows too long, just like staying right in the middle, you know? Um, and it is funny too, though, like the creative process, like for, if you're writing songs, if you're like an artist, a painter, whatever, if you're like thinking of ideas for a podcast, like it's a lot different than I feel like the, the way you're learned to work growing up, you know, cause like the way you're learned to work growing up is like, Oh, it's real tangible. Like, it's like, all right, if I, you know, if I'm working out, then like, I'm going to do this, 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 and then it'll produce this results. Or like, I'm going to make this many calls, emails, whatever it's going to produce this. But like, if you're writing or you're painting or you're doing something like that, it's, it's very, uh, it's not as, it's not as tangible. You just kind of got to like, try to do it over and over again and you know like you know unlock different thoughts or whatever um but it's interesting man it's just you just try to do it as much as you can because uh what's the everyone talks about it what's the rule it's like the ten thousand hour rule oh like yeah 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 you do something for like you know a crap crap ton amount of time I don't know if I yeah. can cuss on this podcast you, you, know, do you can say whatever you want yeah if you do something for a shit if you do it for a shit ton of time like you're going to, you're bound to be pretty good at it, you know? Um, so if you just stay consistent and yeah, there's days where it's like, you can't think of anything, you know? Um, but like, you just kind of got to make yourself do it. And, and that's the rewarding part too, is like, like you, you think about like, Oh, I can't think of crap. And then, you know, the next day you write a good one and you're like, well, maybe I'll do that again. I just got to sit down and do it. You know, it's like, right. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, tell me, what are what are some of the goals you have coming up, either short term, like next year? Well, like, what are the goals for the upcoming year? Um, and then what are what are goals like long term for Cole? What, what are you up to? Um, goals like more recent goals. Um, <clears throat> I think. Just playing as many full band shows as I can. So, I mean, I would love to be playing at least like six full band shows a month. Um, Cause I've got, I've got guys that pretty much or pretty consistently play with me now that I would say is my band, you know? Um, and then <clears throat> like listeners on Spotify, like pumping those numbers up, you know, cause that's the age we're in. Um, so like, yeah, just getting that up and, and that comes with just releasing more music and, and whatnot. Um, which I've been fortunate to work with some really, really talented producers and uh, people who have, who have, who have helped me get my foot in the door, certain places. Um, Long-term goals. Man. I mean, I got a lot of like, I would say like lofty goals, I guess, but I try not to like think about that too much. Cause you know, it's just, I like, I like taking things day to day and just, piecing it together basically in the present. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important for everybody. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. I heard um, a good quote. I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but I, you're good, you're good. I'm going to paraphrase the quote I heard the other day. And it was something along the lines of, uh, it was in reference to a guy who I think had, uh, become sober and that's a little bit of a different story here but it could be you know crossed over and parallel to you know being um setting goals for yourself and it was like hey you know are you gonna drink like ever again and the guy was like well i don't know but i know i'm gonna make it through tomorrow and then i kind of translate that into well are you gonna like you know reach for the stars it's like well i don't know but like i'm at least gonna go for it tomorrow like are you gonna quit your job yeah, I'm at least going to work there tomorrow. You know, like I, you get where I'm going with this. So like taking it one day at a time is a really good way to look at it. And it kind of paces yourself and slows you down. Mm-hmm. And then when you ever like, you know, take the time to realize like I like at the end of a year, for instance, to kind of look back at what my New Year's resolutions were. Most of the time I like don't cross off my New Year's resolutions because like whoever does. But yeah. at the same time, I look back and I'm like, oh, wow, like without knowing it, like I didn't necessarily like pressure myself to do this every single day but like look how far i got anyways just like doing the little things and so you got to recognize the wins where you can yeah no i i love that that's and it 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 really is like a perspective thing like i think for me as long as i'm consistently taking steps forward then like i will be i'll be happy you know and like yeah it's tough like when you have like really lofty goals because you want to get there you know but sometimes you do kind of have to like look back and be like, man, where was I six months ago to now? And it's like a whole lot's changed, you know? And as long as you keep doing that, um, then it's like, I don't know. I think you can, can go to sleep happy, but I definitely, I mean, <clears throat> I, I don't know. I, I try not to look too much into the future cause I try to work hard just in, in my pocket, you know what I mean? <clears throat> well, no, yeah, I think that's really interesting to think about and it makes your story unique how we kind of have different perspectives on things and it's nice to hear your goals um, and it's nice to hear that you have lofty ones because we all do and it's nice to actually see someone trying to live out their dream. It's motivational and I hope that it is. I, it's motivational to me and I hope that it is to everyone that listens to this. Um, and you talked a little bit about releasing music. So is there any new music that we can uh, – we can look out for them. Well, so the, the most recent song came out like a week and a half ago. It's Kila Sunrise, which, um, that was, that was more of a fun one. You know, um, you gotta, you gotta throw some fun ones in there. Um, and, uh, I wrote that one with my buddy, Bryce Florence, um, who love him to death, man. I, I got so much to thank to him, but, um, we wrote that one a couple I think it was like maybe end of 2019, something like that. Beginning of 2020. Um, Thanks. You've been sitting on that for a while. Yeah. Well, cause it honestly, like I, I I was like, I didn't really have a plan for it. Like I was like, Oh, like I might release it, whatever. And I played it at a bunch of a bunch of shows and, and people like people would straight up like message me after the show and be like, when are you going to release this? Like, like when you like we're looking out for this, like, you know, more than <clears throat> more than a lot of other songs that I had like played before. And I was like, shit, I guess I, I guess I gotta record that to you now. Yeah. And uh um, so yeah, that was kind of that was a fun one. That's about, you know, just being out at it's literally about my buddy's 
um, place right outside of Navasota, um, where middle of college, we'd go out there all the time and just, you know, drink, have a good time, dance and, you know, get a little wild, you know? And so, um, that one, that one's really fun. And that one came out like a week and a half ago and I'm about to be back in the studio again <laughs> in the next, uh, couple months. Um, not really sure exactly what my plan is yet, but I, I am sitting on some, some songs. So we'll, uh, we'll see maybe towards the, maybe towards the fall winter time, I'll, uh, be putting some, some more stuff out. Well, good. We'll be looking forward to it. And it's, it's kind of amazing because I never realized how long artists sat on songs or like pieces of songs. I was talking to someone else the other day um, and they were just kind of talking about how, Oh yeah. Like I wrote half this song and then picked it up like three years later and finished it with so-and-so. And then we released it together. I was like, okay. Like that. I just didn't know it worked like that because uh, yeah. <laughs> I recorded a podcast last week and I've been waiting to release it on Friday, like this upcoming Friday. And it's been like almost a week since I recorded it. And I've just been like, well, I guess I could just do it today, but like, <laughs> I'm like itching to release it already just so people yeah. can hear it. And uh, mainly so I can listen to it again. That's what I'm saying about the, like the writing process. Like, like I didn't, I didn't know that either. Like before I really, really like started actually writing my own stuff and I was still kind of like learning, which I still am learning a ton. Like I by no means, you know, have it figured out in any way, but um, yeah, like I thought, like, I was like, Oh, you get in a room, you write a song and there it is. But then you hear all these stories of people talking about it and like, yeah, I thought of this line, like, four years ago and then I brought it back and now it's in this song. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, it's, it's all over the place. It could be, it could be a 10 minute deal or, you know, four years, whatever. <clears throat> well, Cole, it's been great, man. Um, you and I could talk for hours and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that to you, but is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, anything that I didn't ask you about that you want to either, let your fans know, let the listeners know, just shout out your family, anything that you want to say that I didn't give you the chance to. Um, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I definitely, I feel like I've been talking like I, like I know a lot of stuff. I don't know, Jack, you know, I just, I'm still learning, but I freaking love doing it. And um, I'm going to do it for as long as I can, you know, and I have a whole lot of people to thank and the list is really long because, um, I mean, again, like you never know what you're doing when you get into this, I feel like, and, um, I've been fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of people who are really, really talented and who believe in me. And so that's, uh, that's just amazing. And I, I can't thank them enough. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to to keep it rolling and and hopefully hopefully a lot of people like listening to to my songs and coming out to shows and all that stuff. Um and hopefully if there are people uh listening who haven't heard of me, y'all uh come come catch a show sometime or, or listen to my stuff that's out there. So well let's get a uh show up here in Dallas soon. Um I'll do what I can on my end to see where where a good spot for you might be. Um, scout some places out more so as an yeah. excuse for myself to go drink but yep, um, yep, there we go 
that's what I love about the, the job too. Is it's uh, you know people are always people are always celebrating when you when you see them. Like they're there for a concert, they're there for a show. They want to see you put on a good a good show, but they also want to have a good time. They want to drink and hang out with their friends. And like I, I love being around all that because it's it's awesome. It's just it's a it's a perk of of getting to do this. You know, <clears throat> you put people in their favorite type of mood mood. Yeah. And so, try to. <laughs> well, hey, if you guys listening want to keep up with Cole, you can check out his website, www.colewittlesey.com, or follow him on his socials at Cole underscore Whittlesey. That's W H I T T L E S E Y. You can find his music out now on all major streaming platforms, such as Apple Music and Spotify. As always, don't forget to follow the podcast at up to the mic underscore pod. We'll see you in the next one. Let's go. Yeah. I'm like an addict. Do I gotta have it? I ain't even playing, got a really bad habit.